Welcome to the PDR Workshop Podcast, where we provide information about the paintless dent removal process, anywhere from the best business practices, tech tips, and even tool recommendations. Don't forget, you can always join us and engage with the community during our live show every Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube. Thank you for listening and enjoy. For episode 64, mistakes every PDR technician makes and how to avoid them. First off, we want to thank our sponsors for allowing us to jump on this show and, and, and making this show possible, which is Blem Tools, uh, Dent Craft Tools, and then Mobile Tech RX. So please go over there and uh, show some support to them. Uh, Dave, like we do, you want to introduce yourself first? Yeah, Dave with uh, with Dentless Touch here. <laughs> <laughs> We've been like debating what to say. About yeah, this, PDR yeah. Workshop, Dentless Touch. I mean, <laughs> PDR Workshop, we do these live shows here for everyone. So, uh, you know, uh, we just kind of deliver information here. And then I'm also going to be working with Chris at Dentless Touch. So kind of goes hand in hand. And so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, Chris Dentless Touch. Um, you know, just being around, everybody knows me. Uh, if you can't hear us, there is some changes in the audio and all that good stuff. So just please just give us any information, any insight that you have. We'll be thankful for it. Um, so let's get on with the show. Oh, no, we got tools, right? I think you have a couple, yeah, have a couple. sitting right there. And so, uh, nice and shiny. Yeah, and- <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so um, uh, John, John Hiley sent me from Tactical PDR, sent me one of his new uh, handles. And... Uh, this is my first time opening it up. I haven't got a chance to use it, but I was telling Dave that this is this is pretty legit. Uh, yeah. Just the way it's done, the way the button is, doesn't feel like eventually it's going to get kind of, you know, the pin's going to come out or something like that. So I want to just show you guys real quick. Yeah, that is nice. Um, I don't know if you guys, anybody that's interested in uh, a new handle, uh, I do like the Ultra Dent Tools kind of ratcheting ham- handle. But this kind of reminds me of that. I have kind of small hands, but... I, I can't wait to like use this. Now I probably won't use the extension onto it, and I probably won't even put the ball on either. Mm-hmm. I just don't like the way the ball feels in, in, in the kind of the palm of my hand. But this this right here is, is long enough. It was it's absolutely perfect. Uh, what he what he did, and it's pretty stout. So I can't wait to use it. Uh, all of this stuff kind con- comes apart. Um, yeah, and so. I, I just can't wait to use it, <laughs> to be honest with you. So. I, look, I mean, it's really well made. I yeah. mean, it does have, you know, weight to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be a great accessory for some of these tools out here that maybe kind of lack in, in the handle department or something like that, maybe yeah, aren't as sure. comfortable. And I think there are a couple tools that I carry uh, that I know are a little more comfortable in my hand when I'm yeah. going to push, you know. Yeah. Um, so this is going to be a great accessory kind of just for, you know, those one or two tools that like, Hey man, I really wish I had, uh, you know, a little bit more of length on the the handle, or I wish I had a little more, uh, power Mm -hmm. around, um, the handle itself. Um, yeah, I think this is gonna be a great accessory. Yeah. I I look forward to that, using it. Um, again, I don't need the long, the length of it, but I don't know. I may find a need for it. I I saw Bryce Kelly, uh, you know, shout out to Bryce, uh, (laughs) you know, actually talk about the entire thing uh, with the extension on there. And I actually forget what tool he was talking about, but he was kind of ranting about uh, and raving with, yeah, about having the full length um, of this extension on there. Perfect. uh, On one of his tools. Well, so stay tuned. Um, I'll be pretty much putting this in some of my videos, kind of putting it through his paces. And, uh, you know, thanks John Holly for, uh, allowing me to, you know, uh, participate in, in, in reviewing it. Um, so this is also sent by, uh, John from, uh, Dent Reaper, um, dentreaper.com. Uh, I have a set or I ordered a set of Dent Reapers and one of my technicians got it before I can even use it. <laughs> <laughs> so John was kind enough to send me, uh, the, uh, a set again. Thank God. Uh, and, and now I'm able to test them out. Uh, my tech is like, love, oh, you got to try to dip. I really like, like this length. I yeah. have a similar tool. It's not as sharp at the top. Uh, this length right here, I really love for the tops of doors and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I have nothing small. So like this, like you said, this yeah. length and this throw, like it's convenient. going to be used in my, in my tool. Now this also works. With the A1, so uh, tactical dent, tactical PDR uh, handle works with the A1 tools. So that's kind of how 
how everything works here. So you're supposed to take this hand off, and I'm not a big fan of this handle. Uh, I would just come out and say that. So I can only imagine how like this is gonna look. And these easily come <laughs> off. Is that what this flathead so I, part up top uh, is? I think he he kind of unscrews this. I haven't done it yet, but he kind of unscrews this, and then yeah, and then I think it comes off. So I think he's unscrewing this portion right here, and coming off. So, but hey, I'll stay tuned. Uh, like I said, I've ordered a set of his tools before. I didn't even get a chance to use them, but my technician loves them. Uh, so I just can't wait to use them. And then again, it kind of came at the same time. Nice. I didn't even have a tool to even use the handle. So it's going to be a fun week. Oh, man, <laughs> yo. So thanks, John, and, and, and at, uh, Dent Reaper and, 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 uh, and John at Tactical. And, and tactical. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Nice. All right. So, um, How's the chat looking? Everyone's excited. Okay. <laughs> all right. So we really love it. We really, I think we're going to enjoy this episode, guys. We're going to break it down into two categories, kind of like the repair side, technical side, technician side-ish, and then the business side. Uh, so which one do you want to start with, Dave? I think we should start with the repairs. I mean, that's kind of where ah, what, this, what PDR is all about. <laughs> Uh, you know, you learning uh, the skill and art of paintless dot removal. So I think that's going to be the most important. <laughs> All right. Well, let's start with the first one. It, to me, is the most obvious one. But uh, in the beginning, it's the it's the biggest mistake, I think. <laughs> and it's just recognizing the tip of your tool. What I always say is, if you don't see the tip of your tool, then don't push. Yeah. A lot of times, people are just pushing aimlessly, and it creates more problems. So this is just a common yeah, Janky here in the mistake. chat said the same thing. He said, not <laughs> properly finding my tip and making some serious pushes. There you go. Uh, you know, as a, as a beginner tech, you know, we have all, I think, experiences here in the chat and, and people that watch uh, and listen as well. So just in the beginning, when you're learning PDR, not recognizing your tip and being able to properly find that where this is how it all starts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Seeing your tip and knowing where you're actually pushing. So if you're not able to recognize that properly, um, you know, it's going to be a huge disservice yeah. to yourself. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it does take a long time to really get that rhythm down. But uh, if you're not, not not recognizing it properly, then you're going to be, you know, yeah, having a hard time later, uh, you know, later down the road. Now, I have pushed dents out without seeing my tip of my tool, obviously, because it's probably <laughs> so deep. And I'm just like, hey. and I think that I mean, but that's a whole you, nother, yeah, I think like that skill. just comes yeah, with yeah, skill. Yeah, like yeah. later, you know where you're actually yeah. at. Yeah. Um, and I know that sometimes even for myself, I'm envisioning where I'm putting this tool and how right. it's actually kind of fitting in, into the panel itself. So you can kind of get away with not being able to really see <laughs> your tip. But, you know, in the beginning, like I said, with, with for beginner techs, if you're not really able to see that, um, you know, you really need to hone into pinpointing that uh, the tip of your yeah, tool. For sure. That is the most important thing for like probably the first three years, really, because every the, the color of the car is going to make a difference. The, the, your light board, your fade, sun's on the panel. You yeah. know, it, it really is just recognizing the tip of your tool and making sure that you can see. Because, I, I, you know, some guys, when I see them out there struggling, I'm like, pull the car in the shade. You, you can see. And it's like, ah, oh, yeah. You know what <laughs> I mean? But, I mean, we've all done it. Uh, you know, sometimes I still get stubborn and try to work on a car outside. And it's like, oh, what yeah. am I doing here? Let me, let me, let me fix this. Yeah. Um, and 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 kind of in our second point here, uh, going along with not recognizing your tip, and you start making some serious pushes, uh, pushes like Janky was saying here in the chat, <laughs> um, and knocking down too early, not really you know realize or using your knockdown too early. I right. think that a lot of people uh, get really comfortable with using a knockdown, especially in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trained to not use it as a crutch uh to be able to actually kind of push a dent up flat by itself without actually needing a knockdown um and that's where i think is the to me i think it's it's a great way to learn you're not and you're not having that knockdown in the back of your head like hey if i mess this up or if it starts to yeah i could just knock it down like no like an escape though kind of yeah kind of a crutch you know and so i think uh learning how to push uh dents up cleanly without a knockdown is to me super important Mm -hmm. uh and so when that knockdown gets implemented into training uh i think it's kind of important to have a certain uh time two weeks Mm -hmm. three weeks maybe Mm -hmm. in not that first week yeah it's not there in like the beginning stages of pushing yeah Yeah. no i agree i agree you know uh the when i was um kind of one two three years tech is it's you don't make money kind of knocking down you make money pushing so like 
Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Guys, you know, just like it would. They didn't really like as strict as you. Like take my knockdown away and like only for two, (laughs) two. You know, for the first two uh, weeks, don't use the knockdown. But they just wanted to reassure me that like pushing is way better than just knocking down. So when you push, proper pushing, yeah, right. You know. Try not to use your knockdown as much because those are the faster guys, you know, this, that, and the third. Yeah. Then when you go down to blending guys and the guys that are loud, <laughs> I mean, they're kind of doing the opposite and they're pretty fast, especially on the like the hell, the hell storms and stuff like that. So I always say like the loudest guy in the room is fast. So I don't know nowadays, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I think like you're right, Dave, you know, the less you can knock down or even go just that movement of going to your knockdown yeah. just adds a whole bunch of time. To yeah. You're there. slowing yourself down. And you if know? you're able to, to yep. bring a dent up cleanly without it and just keep one tool in your hand the yeah. entire time, uh, I think you're going to just be more efficient. Yeah, no, I agree. Now this next one, I do this a lot. I have to catch myself almost every time and that's estimating damage without a light. <laughs> I think this is almost the worst thing to do. Honestly. Yeah. It will cost you a fortune when you do it. Uh, there was a hell guy, 30 something years he's been doing business. And everything I did with him, uh, I did right. Perfect. This is only about three years ago. Uh-huh. And he just, he loved me. I love him. We, we were like, we were in sync with each other. All of a sudden, I went outside to do an estimate on the car. He ran outside like the building was on fire. He said, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? I said, I'm writing an estimate. He said, you never write an estimate outside with no light. I said, okay, okay. Yeah. So we pulled that car. Yeah, he was very strict about it. Um, but we pulled that car inside. Obviously, I saw more damage. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. You know, I, I, co- I, com- <laughs> I completely agree. He, like woke up. Like he literally. Yeah. Like, oh, I never saw a different side of him. But he was. <laughs> You know, obviously, it probably hurt him, uh, uh, you know, before, you know. Yeah, I think, I mean, I know there's been plenty of times where I've pulled a car out or pulled a car inside uh, and thankful that I did just and threw a, say, just with hail damage uh, and threw a hail light on there. You see every dent. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and when you're outside, sometimes clouds, shade, oh, yeah, um, the sure. direction of your which way you're facing, wind in your eye. I mean, there's so many factors outside. Uh, I don't think it, you're not going to you're not going to be able to properly um, count each and every single piece of damage on that car, especially pertaining to hail damage. Um, but I think it's also very important, too, for just regular dense door course, and, yeah. and like minor collision stuff. Mm-hmm. Um you have a smashed in fender, smashed in door, not estimating without a light, there's going to be some residual damage around that. Yeah, or there possibly amazing, could be yeah, residual damage. Crowns, yeah. uh, some crowns that have maybe transferred throughout the panel to the mm-hmm. other side. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen a couple of the videos online too where um, you know something gets kicked in or, or pushed in. That metal is going to go in a certain direction somewhere else. It's going to transfer and it's eventually going to stop. So if you know if it gets hit maybe at the front of the fender or something like that, yeah. that impact can transfer that metal and push it all the way to the other side. Well, if you're outside, you know, and looking at one little section of the the initial impact and not really recognizing that you know there maybe is some more damage over here in the corner of the panel something like that um you're like you're gonna lose out you (laughs) know what i mean and just create yourself more work maybe in the long run sure stuff that you're gonna now um also is comparative pricing um there's been plenty of times where i just don't check and see if it's high stream still not anymore i've learned my lesson but uh and plus you get a kind of a mental, you have a, like a mental note of what cars uh, have high shift still you need to watch out for. Uh, but man, I remember I doing a Honda Accord and it was, uh, I believe it was a 2012. And I mean, 2012, I mean, you're not thinking anything about high shift still. The one thing you're worried about is aluminum and they're normally in the hoods. So the front door, um, just a dent on the three inch dent body line. Uh, and it took me an insane amount of time to fix that thing. And yeah. I just could not believe it. I just didn't have the right tool. And I was just like, what is going on? And so if I had known that, I would have got something a little bit that has some <laughs> probably a dent dial out that That comparative pricing is super important. And, <laughs> and it's crazy. I posted online, and Paul Corden called me. He was like, you had problems with that car, didn't you? And I was like, yeah. He said, did you know it was high still? I said, no, I didn't. Yeah. So you need to get that comparative price. Yeah, guys. I mean, Mobile Tech RX for us, I mean, is super important. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. Especially mainly for that option. Because if you're <laughs> yeah. not using that for your estimates, uh, yeah, you can sure. really be either losing out uh, 
just losing out on money just because you're not upcharging for that certain type of metal, high strength steel, ultra high strength aluminum. Uh, but also too, you're prepared when you go in for the repair, mm -hmm. you know what you're up against, you know how it's gonna push, uh, or you know how this metal's gonna move. Um, you're gonna be completely you know, ready to go for yeah. that. Mm -hmm. uh, just knowing that it's a certain type of metal, if it's right. maybe not anything, or it is maybe a, just a different type. Perfect. Now, before we go into more, because we got plenty of them, um, I want to make sure you guys know that we are on almost every platform. I think we're going to jump on Spotify here in the next few days. But every platform for our podcast, that's Apple uh, Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, and Google Play. So any one of those platforms, if you're familiar with them, um, please uh, head over there and throw us a little thumbs up, star, you know, five star, whatever they do. Show us a little support on those platforms too, guys. Um, and then let's see, let's see what's the next one. Um, looking for secondary access. I, I, <laughs> I, I mean, almost monthly I go, ah, oh, I could have probably, uh, <laughs> went through that option. Yeah. Maybe not monthly, but. No, there's quarterly. definitely times. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's especially too, when you get a new maker model that you maybe haven't yeah. worked on or, or maybe an older car that you haven't worked on in a while. You're like, oh man, I forgot about, yeah. you know, getting, you know, through here. Oh man, yeah. maybe I should have went through here instead. It would have been made the repair yeah. a lot easier. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> look, yeah, looking for that extra piece of access, <laughs> like sometimes can really be helpful or beneficial. Uh, so a lot of times too, before I go into repair, I'm really looking at all the ways I can actually gain access uh, to this piece of damage. Whether it be coming under a hood, maybe coming from the backside of a brace rather than the front. I don't have good access from the fronts, but I do if I actually slide a whale tail through the other side and I'm actually kind of mm -hmm. working that debt backwards a lot of times. Sometimes that's easier. Um, a fender, you can get in through maybe under the hood or in through the yeah. wheel well. We've all worked fenders through the wheel well, then open the hood and go, wow, okay. Well, yeah, this would have been a better angle, hood. yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, especially with sometimes when stuff kind of starts to run a little parallel or something yeah, like that, uh -huh. and you're having to lay on the ground and put your board up, it'd be a lot easier if you could just put your board on the, yeah, the opposite yeah. side and work your way from the top yeah. looking down. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and so that leads us to, uh, I'm kind of jumping around, but it really leads us to that, you know, not asking for help. Um, because a lot of times when I'm working on some of these exotic cars that Dave is familiar with, these Lambos and these uh, Bentleys and all kinds of stuff, Dave works on these every day. So I'm able to just call him and be like, what's a good access point? Or he just says, you know, there's no access to that. Don't even look. And I'm like, oh, crap. So we're able to prepare ourselves, prepare the customer for what we need to do to gain access to that den or, you know, if we need to glue pull or whatever the case may be. Um, what's the next one, Dave? Um, I think under, yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> underestimating large damage, you know, and, and we kind of touched on that a little bit, but, Ooh, yeah. um, mm -hmm. you know, you have that smashed vehicle, that door, that fender, that quarter panel, uh, and you don't realize the severity of it. You're not really looking at the overall picture of how this was, um, this car was hit you know where did the impact actually uh you're start dissecting you're not like a like a like a um detective when it comes to that like i think that's what you need to be you yeah figure out what impacted how did it how did it move it. yeah how did it and move what needs like to move force that came in maybe what type what hit it like a plastic or if it was metal and you're like okay maybe i'm looking for some gouges maybe yeah so yeah, I get it. You need to act like a little detective. Yeah, I mean, when, when it sure. comes to large, complex damage like that, yeah, yeah. I mean, when you have uh, damage that goes in between quarter panels and doors, or you know, two panels, multiple panels that are hit from the yeah. same uh, from the same collision, um, you know, I think that if you're not really understanding how everything was hit in the beginning and trying to reverse that, uh, you know, you can really be at a loss. I think Sal say you kind of want to. Mimic, the, yeah. yeah, yeah. Build a tool to kind of mimic whatever hit it. Yeah, impacts. So and kind of reverse that. You kind of build something that kind of looks like a sharpening card and a, long, a longer tool, and kind of push it all up at the same time. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that's what he was talking about. At least I thought it was like three or four years ago when he was trying to talk about. Yeah, just reversing right that exactly. same impact. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so the next one is not appreciating new tools or methods. Um, can you share a story about that, Dave? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think they're, you know, early in my career, um, I, one that just comes to mind is the Illuminate light. Kind of when that first started coming out, uh, the technicians that I was around uh, at the time 
didn't really change up their methods or really want to change their methods or, you know, think that new tools and stuff were going to be any help. And I remember first getting an Eliminate board when they first came out. Uh, it was just like a standard, I think, three strip. And the way I was able to see with an Eliminate light compared to the light that I was using, I'm like, this is night and day. Every tech should needs this. They should have it. And so when I was going around meeting up with a couple of guys, maybe for lunch or something like that, I'd be showing them. And ah, that's not going to work. Ah, no, I love my light. Mine works just fine. And, you know, that that light alone changed my repairs drastically early on in my career uh going from just a plastic shade board or it was like thing i had like a fluorescent light board uh going to the led limited light uh was a huge game changer and that was um the moment where i was like all right the seasoned techs that i'm around at this time maybe really don't know the the new innovations with pdr Uh, i see something kind of happening here there was technicians that just kept coming out with more and more tools and so i decided you know what i'm going to kind of go with that flow of Mm -hmm. tech the people who really want to help out the industry something like the the dent reaper tools here yeah um you know the the tactical pdr extension here for you know for those handles as well I mean, there's certain things out there that are really making this job a little bit easier, little by little. And so that's why, I mean, I don't completely stay on top of it, but I really do appreciate, um, you know, new tools and helping our jobs, uh, making our job that make our jobs a lot easier. Yeah. I, uh, I'll share my story. It was, um, it was the dent dial. That was the first tool that kind of set everything uh, up for me. I was, I had enough tools. I was like, every dent that I approach, I get out. And I don't know why I need a dent dial. And so I just, I don't know what got over me, but I ordered the 22 Heavy. I ordered uh, most of his kits. And I, re- I remember it sat for like six months in my car. I didn't even touch it. I didn't know how to use it. I didn't, never was comfortable with a flat bar, so yeah. fine. But then I had that uh, Jeep, because I bought it for the, um, I'm sorry, the uh, it was a Tahoe, right on the quarter panel. Uh, older Tahoe, uh, like a 02 to 2005, 2006 Tahoe. And right below the taillight, they used to get right right at the bumper, used to get this little knot that was about maybe two or three inches. And it will be hell trying to take out. Yeah. And so Sal posted a video how, oh, easy 45-minute repair. I was like, I just did one. It took me almost four hours to do. Never again. Trying to find something that would curve that would and still curve, have leverage. And, yeah. Oh, so I bought everything that it that he need that I needed to do that repair. Man, five months come around, I get that repair. Yo, forty five <laughs> minutes to an hour. I'm like, I need to open my mind up to yeah. tools because a narrow mind doesn't get me anywhere. As you see, four <laughs> hours compared to forty five minutes. So you know that's what kind of won me over. Where now I'm just like, oh, let's try the Standliner tools, the Dent Reaper, tools, Cold Glue. The cold there's glue so glue. much stuff out there now yeah, that's that, that is, that's really coming out that guys sure, are really yeah. trying to help improve and make our jobs a lot easier. So um, I think you know, in when I first started that the whole movement of you know making our jobs easier really yeah. kind of started, and. You know, everyone's kind of been running with it and it's been helping a lot. I think it's been helping a lot of guys out in the field uh, with their repairs. Yeah. And I want to touch a little bit about what the Dent Reaper is because I think I didn't go into too much details. But the, the, the main quality of Dent Reaper is that sharp edge that you're seeing right now. And so this really helps to me with aluminum. Uh, I could just feel that this tool has pretty much no flex in it. So, um, a you know, the, my, the tool that I compare this to, it does have a little flex. I, I don't know without putting this tool in because it is a shorter tool. So this, this one might not have any flex in it. But, you know, sharp tools are good for aluminum. Um, sound deadening. Yeah. Pushing through, like you said, sound deadening, cardboard, or any of that uh, Volkswagen stuff. So <laughs> anyway, that's Dent Reaper's tools. That's what makes his tools unique because it ideally it just looks like a regular door tool. But... I guess the metal he's it's shaved halfway down. So it's little little tricks, little things that he's done to kind of help out on you know certain repairs that you were struggling because if I had my black handle door tool, and even today I had the black handle door tool and I went to uh, one of these tools because of the ratcheting handle and my wrist right now is starting to get <laughs> it's, it's it's starting to annoy me right now so I have to watch how I push, even though I got the same power, I can do it, but fatigue is coming in a lot sooner. 
my body is aching on and most joints that I'm relying on to yeah. use. So <laughs> I don't know. It was just uh it's just something that you gotta watch out for, man. Some of these guys are building these tools because they're getting up in the age and they're saying, yo, there has to be a better way to do certain repairs. So yeah. I think that's why a lot of tools are just coming to the industry. And and for me, what's nice about those too is that there's probably a couple other door tools that I would go to first yeah, uh, to maybe sure. start a repair, but that those would finishing. definitely, exactly, mm -hmm. for finishing, for really pinpointing those little lows that I need to get mm -hmm. uh, to make the repair 100%, that's going to come in right at that last 10 to uh, you know, 15, 20% of the repairs, really pinpointing, fine tuning that entire thing. Um, those dent rebers are gonna be money all day long, money. Yeah, sorry guys, I don't wanna make this a dent reaper and tactical dent repair commercial or anything, but uh, again, it, it's, it related so well with one of the, uh, the mistakes. All right, anything else on, anything on the chat? Anybody say anything that we can share on the chat? Uh, everyone's just uh, talking to every, <laughs> um, Let's see, do we you know, Dino had asked, do you guys ever stay too long on a dent where a customer probably won't see what you see? <laughs> yeah. And that's just a quick I'm little a, thing. I'm a 99, 100% guy. I don't really care. Cause I, I'm afraid that his friend is a body man or he's going to go a lot of, a lot of company, a lot of, uh, like repair centers or detailers, you know, they, they, uh, refer me. Yeah. And so I hate for them to be wiping down that car and be like, mm, who worked on this? And then they not knowing, not putting yeah. two to two together. So it's like, when it comes out of my, my shop, it's, it's perfect regardless. Yeah. There's uh, definitely, um, I think there's definitely situations where I, you know, I, I know I've maybe cut a repair short, yeah. um, shorter than, you know, maybe I've wanted to. Uh, but a customer comes out and, you know, said, that looks great. And I'm like, oh, well, I've been messing with this one little spot here that I see. But it probably looks good. It's just like, you I'm just sure, you know, and at that point, yeah, at that yeah. point, it looks great. You yeah. know what I mean? But you're stepping back as the technician and, you know, kind of standing back and doing that pacing and back and forth, looking at it from all the directions. You're like, man, I still see that. If the customer does, you know, I... They most likely don't, you know, because they're coming on, they're saying it looks great. Um, I think that's just, I think I talked about it on the last show. Uh, it just comes down to integrity mm -hmm. and, you know. Yeah, and perseverance and all that. Yeah, stuff. I mean, for me, just the integrity with the repair. If the customer is happy and I've met their needs when it comes to what they wanted fixed, um, I'm kind of deciding, you know, depending on how long I've been on the car and, and if they've come out and said it looks great already, um, you know, it, it's kind of a toss up, but. I know that there are situations where I have stayed on and there are situations where I have cut it short, knowing that maybe it's still a little bit lower. Maybe there's a crown or something like that uh, just due to, you know, time or maybe what it's estimated for. The yeah. customer's already ecstatic. And I'm like, well, yeah, mm -hmm. if I stay on another half hour, 45 minutes to an hour. To them, it's going to look the same. Right. And then now they're kind of just wondering, well, what is he messing with now? Yeah. What is he actually doing? And so I think it's really situational, but I, I, I've done now, both. Now we're about to go into the business side of it, and you know, it's knowing your customer base too. And so my customer base, and now our customer base is is really more of like the high end. Uh, they want you to get most of it out. They trust you that you will have the integrity, and like you said, the, to get it all out. So that way, when they're at the car show and they guy that painted their car or painted, you know, one of their friends' cars, like yeah, I got PDR work done on the door, and they go down on one knee. <laughs> <laughs> they're not seeing any of your repairs so or any of your you know missed work <laughs> <laughs> yeah right <laughs> so before we get into the business aspect if you guys have anything that a technician on the repair side the technical side please share it dave is on the chat and we would love to share it with the the viewers that are watching um, but before we get into the business side, I want to thank the sponsor guys um, these guys are making it happen for us they're allowing us to to create this studio and provide you guys more content. Uh, and that's Blim Tools, Dent Craft Guys, and Mobile Tech RX. Also, um, there is some unique content on the podcast, guys. Me and Dave have been putting out these things called pod, uh, PDR Workshop Unscripted. Uh, you will not see it on YouTube, none of that stuff. It is unique content. I think the last one we put up was with uh, Thomas from Stanliner. That one's a pretty long one. It's like 30 minutes, but it actually goes over kind of what his thought plan of coming out with these trainings and how he feels about the tools and, and, and where it's going to take the industry from his uh, point of view. So 
again, we're trying to give you some unique content on that platform. So jump on over to our podcast and at least check out the PDR Unscripted. Some of them are actually just me and Dave at lunch, just going at it, just talking. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think those are, I, I'm, I'm actually, I love those. <laughs> so let me, let us know in the chat how you like those on the next, uh, the next live show. But I, I definitely feel like you guys would be entertained about those uh, unscripted that we're putting out. So before we're going into business now, the, the <laughs> business. So we, I know a lot of PDR technicians pretty much run their own show. They run their own business. They got to wear multiple hats. So we felt as though it'd be great to probably give more of a business uh, mistakes that we see <laughs> from PDR techs. Um, I had to learn business uh, quickly or I wasn't going to survive. I wasn't going to yeah. eat. I mean, I was a breadwinner <laughs> of the household. So, um, but these are some of the things that uh, I made mistakes with. Dave, you know, I think you can relate to. Um, yep. So let's go over. The first one is not understanding basic business fundamentals. Fundamentals or the foundation. Of yeah, the either foundation, one. Yeah. So, and what we mean by that is like bookkeeping, you know, just uh, with the CPA. Like I had a CPA, I had a mentor. So I recommend anybody getting a mentor. It could be outside of the PDR realm. And like a CPA is great, even if you have to pay him a, a few dollars for him to sit with you and walk you through what a S corp is and what an LLC, so you can make the proper decision. You can switch it, but you can only switch it once. Um, uh, again, just to give you some insight, we are S corp, so we feel like that's probably the better option for us. It's uh, a little bit better on the taxes, but do your research on the CPA because everybody is building a different company. You should be unique in your own way. Uh, but basic thing like bookkeeping, you have to know how to manage money, see the profits and loss. There are people that you could pay for, but at the beginning stages, you just don't have that ability. Dave, you're over here typing your tail off. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so impressive. It's impressive though. But anyway, but yeah, you just don't have the uh, the funding to do it. Uh, so I recommend just picking up uh, or even on YouTube, just basic bookkeeping knowledge. So when you even talk to a bookkeeper. At least they don't say this dude is completely <laughs> yeah, retarded about this. You know, Why does he have a business? <laughs> and I know I know I was pretty naive in the beginning on what I really needed, you know, for Windy City Dent Repair. Um, yeah. I thought I was just going to kind of walk around, go to accounts. They're going to give me a, you know, I'm going to fix a bunch of cars. They're going to just give me a check and that's right, it. Right. Well, you know, Uncle Sam needs his and stuff like that. And so when that <laughs> yeah, stuff yeah. Start, like starts coming in. Um, you really need to find the proper channels to deliver this information from your business to whoever it needs to go to, whether it be other accounts, whether it be to the government, whether it be to certain, like certain, uh, entities that need your information, um, as on top of answering your customers and writing emails and everything else. I mean, you need to really understand basic business, business fundamentals, um, to keep everything in order. So when something comes up, you're prepared, you have everything in line. And I know that I was very, um, lacks on certain things in the beginning. Um, insurance being one of them, I, you know, I talked to another tech before and he's like, why don't you, or he's like, you need commercial insurance, commercial vehicle insurance. Mm -hmm. If your vehicle's wrapped and I'm like, Oh, I have insurance. He's like, no commercial. Commercial. Yeah. He's like, cause if something happens, you're in traffic. I mean, it's not just you. I'm like, Oh yeah, I guess you're right. Like, you know, and it was something that's like very plain. You can completely deny it. Yeah. And all the medical, something so like after they said, I'm like, Oh yeah, you're right. Like it was something so Mm -hmm. like just plain. I'm like, Oh yeah, you're completely right. Like, that's what I do need. Um, but it was something that I hadn't really thought of. It didn't come to the forefront because I'm worried about all these other things. Right. And so Mm -hmm. having an understanding of how it all really works together, uh, from the back of the house being all your accounting and your bookkeeping and everything else to the front of the house with your customers and the repairs and everything else. So, um, at least if you have a small basic understanding, you are able to talk the same lingo with the certain people or with certain people, um, that are going to need your information that can deliver it like your bookkeeper, like your accountant, right. like your insurance agent, stuff like that. And what I noticed was when your back office is right, when you start to get busy with the customers and stuff, because that is like done, yeah. it's easier it makes to kind of like scale at that point because yeah. you're not like, oh my God, where is this? And again, we were talking about it yet last week. Just create systems. Yeah. I mean, QuickBooks will link with a with a credit card or a bank bank statement. I used to do the bank stuff where my money would go in and money would go out. And now we've got we've grown to, you know, it's a credit card, we just pay it off every every month or whatever the case may be. I can track the billing there so it's not like physically coming out of my my, my checking account. And then obviously uh, what we now have is a uh, 
payroll account, which is even adds some simplicity to that too. And when we start doing our bookkeeping, we know exactly what's coming out on our payroll, what we need to put in. We can just easily track it because it couldn't get out of hand. Uh, but again, focus on that back office as much as you're doing, you know, the skill side of things, as much as you're doing the advertising, make sure that back office is together. And I mean, again, there's it makes things books. run. So it makes things run. There's so, so much many smoother. different avenues that you can get uh, help with. Um, I, you, my whole company is ran on QuickBooks. Obviously, Mobile Tech RX does the invoicing and, and estimating and all that good stuff. But everything ties back to uh, QuickBooks. QuickBooks have snapshots. You can see uh, profit and loss. Um, I just did a profit and loss all the way from 2015 just to see the difference of growth. So it's just it's it's so instrumental in mm-hmm. the growth of your business. To be honest with you, just start off right. You know. So all right, let's go on to the next <laughs> one. Is targeting what proper yeah just targeting target the proper, proper clientele, clientele. I'm like, what? <laughs> for the skill level of your business now i guess we're not saying you know one year in go work on a penalty there's some one-year guys that are pretty daggone good now mm-hmm. so i would just there's nothing I mean, wrong with working on a bet. There's there's there's, there's nothing with working wrong with working on a Bentley as a one year tech, right? Right. As right. long as you're taking all the necessary precautions, knowing what kind of vehicle you are working on and the consequences that do come along with a high end vehicle, right? Um, then there's no issues. So you're more like you're more saying like when you don't really know your skill and you just kind of overdo it, then your reputation gets harmed after that. Yeah. So it's it's more harm than just getting that quick sale yeah right then and there. there's gonna yeah, be a lot uh, there's gonna be a lot more that goes into a single dent in a door on a bentley mm-hmm. than there is a single dent in a door on a toyota prius no i i agree you know there's gonna be a lot of more consequences that come along with the bentley than maybe or they're gonna make the repair more difficult on the bentley than it is gonna be the prius gotcha Understood. you know and so understanding your skill level and just targeting the proper clientele i i personally as a one-year tech wouldn't be uh you know uh, probing Bentley and Maserati and Porsche dealerships. I would be really trying to hone in on my skill set and doing maybe a, a couple of the lower end, uh, you know, makes or models more forgiving. More, yeah. Uh, there yeah, you go. Yeah. You. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I mean that, yeah. It's what we're telling you is exactly what my techs start off with. They, they can't obviously touch any retail car, uh, but the lot, uh, they are just want something. They got the five foot rule, five foot rule, whatever you want to call it, 10 foot rule where yeah. they want to make it look better obviously they're just so focused on price so again customer expectations they're getting exactly what they want and our tech is actually able to learn um some of the techniques that we're training them over the over the months that he's in training all right so not building proper relationships with accounts i 100 percent agree that that after that transaction it's not over um, we fortunately or unfortunately are at the mercy of other business, you know, B2B, um, customers are a little easier. I know it's hard to build relationships with accounts and, and dealerships and stuff like that, but I believe that that is definitely, uh, could impact your business, uh, tenfold. Yeah. I mean, referrals are huge, yeah. right? And if you're not building the proper relationships with your body shops and with your dealerships, uh, that you do service currently. Um, you could be losing out on a lot of either retail customers or just repeat work from your, from your accounts in general. Um, you know, body shops, I think really are huge with the relationship building, uh, because Mm -hmm. they're going to either think of PDR first, maybe when a car comes in, or if a car does come in, they'll be able to relay PDR first and say, Hey, this may be your better option. Knowing that you're, you and your company are going to be servicing that customer. Uh, they're comfortable with maybe either letting that car go or knowing that their car is going to be, uh, in better hands than maybe going to the body shop. They don't need to, uh, go through their whole process here. We actually use us another service, a painless debt removal service, mm-hmm. uh, here in house, or that we, you know, sublet out, uh, we think that maybe they would be a better option for you. And sometimes that works. If you have that proper relationship, if you built oh, that yeah. relationship, you know, you've now just gained a customer or, uh, we, I think we just talked about this too, that customer is going to go back to that body shop and say, Hey, I had a great experience, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with that PDR company that you recommended. Thank you. But now I'm here because I just got T-bone. So like, you know yeah, what I mean? They yeah, still need yeah, that yeah, body yeah, shop, yeah, but for, for that sure. certain instance or for that certain, uh, you know, repair or whatever happened, they recommended PDR instead. And that's because the relationship was built right, know, properly. Right. No, I, I, I completely lacked in that. 
uh, department for like five years, man. It was almost like me versus them instead of more of like, we're on the same team. I work with you. You work with me. Everybody's kind of, let's, 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 let's have dinner. Let's have lunch and let's also get, get paid at the same time. Let's also make our customers happy because they're happy to give my, our name out. And just as much as I'm happy to give their name out, uh, because I know I built that personal relationship with them. Looks like we have a, uh, what is it called? A super chat. Yeah. And Steve's asking here, he said, uh, car wraps, is it more difficult? Um, or is it a different technique? Is it different tools? Um, so my response is, uh, it's definitely a different technique, uh, and it's a different skill. And I don't think car wraps are more difficult than PDR. I personally don't think car wraps or, you know, 3M or PPF or paper section film. I don't think it's more difficult. Uh, than PDR, but it is also a different skill and it is something that I've never actually done. So I'm kind of speaking yeah. from just an, like I've I've watched uh, a few guys do car wraps and it seems like most of them, if they do it on a daily basis, kind of like a like a dent guy in training in about one month, if they're if you're constantly wrapping between one and two months, you're going to be very proficient, at, especially if you got a good mentor and in two months of a PDR with the best mentor. <laughs> I mean, you're not really going to work beside a 10 year tech. Like, yeah. I, if we're jumping on the same hail car, we're talking little, small dime size dents. I'm going to be pushing you out the way to the point where it's just like, just stay on the hood. I'll get yeah. The and, car. and so like for and me, so, it's like, okay, so you're, you're wrapping a vehicle, um, which consists of you taking film and putting it on a panel and making it. Uh, yeah. Now there's some, there's, there's body lines and there's certain cars out there that are difficult and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and there's certain, I mean, there's yeah. certain things it's that come finesse. along with car wrapping. Right. But yeah. you get a dime sized dent on a, do, you know, a door or hood. It's not, it's different every single time. Yeah. It is day, always yeah. going to be different. Yeah. Whereas you wrap, you know, maybe the worst car that has the most body lines or whatever, and you do that a couple times, well, then you already know what's going to, it's going to be the same every time, right? So, the car so doesn't change, nothing changes. Right? So you think Very. just, okay, there's a corner. This is what I do with corners. Yeah. This corner is just going to take me longer. That's what it. us is like, I don't even know how to start this thing. Like, yeah. there's no access now. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do I figure this out? Now I can take what I need to push. And I got to make it a glue pull. Yep. <laughs> like, I don't even know how to do this. Yeah. So Correct. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Because we never wrapped. So yeah. We never wrapped any car. So maybe that's a But I mean, to me, it's a hood's a hood's a hood. You know what I mean? You're wrapping yeah. a hood. Like, whether it has weird, crazy body lines, whether it doesn't. I mean, if right. you wrap the same hood, if you wrap it once, you're going to wrap this. It's nothing changes. Yeah. Whereas PDR, yeah. now, it's always, you can whack the yeah. same body line at the same, you know, with the yeah. same tool, with the same piece of wood, with the same pressure. I mean, something's going to be different. Yeah, true, true. Oh, that's our, that's our answer. <laughs> that's just my personal that, opinion. Yeah. Hopefully that uh, answers Steve's question. And thanks for the, uh, looks like it's four ninety nine. So thanks for the um, super chat. We greatly appreciate that. Uh, that actually shows we're actually adding some value. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah. is the goal, right? Yeah, and so and we actually, I mean, there's a lot of guys asking a lot of questions here. Um, Over yeah, we can, I mean, we can kind of just run through a couple yeah, of these. Um, and so, guys, if you are uncomfortable with asking in the chat, please go ahead and do so. Uh, throughout the show, we do go ahead and try to get to all of them. I try to answer them either through text here or we'll try to, you know, get on and actually answer all of them just by talking to you guys. So um, how much harder do you have to pull and knock down on aluminum? Uh, well, there was a study. <laughs> I did a video on that. I think a few weeks ago, there was a study. It says between uh, 95% and 170% uh, more more effort to push. They wouldn't do it knocking down, but I mean, obviously it's the yeah. same stuff. Um, uh, my blending hammer, if you're interested, and this is like not even a plug, but I do, I can blend and use the blending hammer on aluminum because of the weight of the blending hammer. Yeah, it is heavier. I was, I was just telling you, I was like, yo, I could actually use it on aluminum. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty slick. But anyway, um, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's like 165, 175% more effort. And uh, it was a video I did on the Audi. So it was an Audi Q7 aluminum fender. It was like maybe a month old video. So go check that out. I explained a lot of stuff about aluminum. And what makes it difficult? Because when you need to apply that much pressure, it changes your <laughs> leverage. It changes the your stability. It changes the tool because some of them just can't take that 
you know, that t- amount of uh, flex and pressure. Yeah. And so that little hole that you're using, it could it be may just, just crack or something. Yeah, I've done I mean, that before. Yeah, there is just so to, yeah. many other variables when now that panel is aluminum and not just on the side of just pushing and the way the yeah. aluminum just kind of starts to split and stuff like that. You got to watch out for And that's why having that mobile tech RX with the comparative Shoot, pricing man, is so yeah. important. It can, it can add a lot more than you're just. You're more prepared. Yeah, than just aluminum. Um, What's your opinion on Glexo cold glue since you've had it? Now? I love it. Yeah, I love it. It's, I think it it's, just saves. Uh, I think it saves time. hundred percent. I'm gonna probably go over my go bag. Uh, same thing with like what Ryan had, but uh, my go bag is literally stuff that I use on a daily basis. So if it's in that bag, uh, I use it. So yeah. and Glexo, is I keep there? a tab that's already ready to go. If it gets dirty, oh well, <laughs> just order more Glexo. And um, you know, a lot. Yeah, I had a comment was like, "Oh, you're selling out on Glexo," and it's like. I paid for that kit, and I am so happy I paid for it. I bought three more kits for the guy, so yeah. nothing was free. <laughs> and I use that thing every single day. Uh, I recommend anybody getting that. You've seen it in my latest video when I did the uh, the um, Rav Four. The Rav Four. Thanks, thank you. Um, and I felt like it was the best option to use. I think you were saying I was going to use glue. I, well, yeah, we kind of went over that. Like, yeah. Nah, bloop, 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 bloop. <laughs> Let's get back to pushing. I mean, yeah. five minutes, I was back to pushing, not waiting for the glue to warm up. And it pulls. Sometimes glue could just pull way too much. 100%. You, you just got to sit there and balance it out. But the way that pulls, it doesn't do damage when it pulls. It just pulls enough where it, it allows the metal to kind of mold itself back. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I really, really like that. So I kind of test. With the hot glue, you're kind of forcing it yeah, a little bit more by kinda, pulling and yanking I mean, on you it. You can kind of stretch the metal by glue pulling. Yeah. You can't stretch with glue. Uh, cold glexo, glue. Yeah, yeah, the cold glexo. glue. Now, other the cold glue, all the other cold glues may work the same way. I just only have Glexo, so I can only speak on Glexo. Yeah. I have, I used to have the sticky tab tape, uh, kind of like the version one when it first came out. It helped, uh, you know, when I was using it, but then I kind of just got away with it and just kept really going as... As cordless glue guns started coming out and they becoming yeah, okay. a little more efficient, you know, heating up faster, that's when I really started just using uh, and relying on my hot glue gun. Uh, but after, I think this last right. time I was here and you working on that RAV4 and me seeing the Glexo glue, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're right. Cold glue does definitely have its... Uh, oh, it's advantages for sure. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, my guy, you know, I, asked, I also have my tech, how, how, have you tried the cold glue before? Oh, I love it. Yeah. I'm on this lot. They give me this crazy dead, and I'm just bloop, 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 bloop. Yeah. And then I just start pushing. 45 minutes later, I'm yeah, done. Yeah, it saves a bunch Meanwhile, of time. While I'm waiting on the glue to warm up, I'm putting the tabs, I'm distorting the dead. You know, they kind of yeah. kind of new with it. They don't really understand too much. I mean, they, they're very intelligent, you know, intelligent text, but you just, it's so quick to distort a dent if you're just the wrong tab or you're just kind of lazy, you just fatigue, you're just getting kind of like, I need to get Yeah, the cold glue just, it, it just definitely has its purpose. It's not yeah. going to pull and do damage. So anyway. I agree. That's that's my, that's my opinion. Uh, what about glue. volume clients versus retail? That is a very great <laughs> question. Um, and there is no right or wrong, I think. Uh, no. Some of the guys, I've noticed that uh, the volume customers, the volume um, side of thing, the business side of it, can be more lucrative, but it can also be a lot more stressful. Um, some of the numbers that the guys I'm seeing that are doing more volume and in, 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 in wholesale type work yeah. are clearing really, really good numbers, but they are creating systems. They're not just going in and just getting the work. They're, hey, park all the cars that are just in over here. Put the Keep the key in this box. So I ain't got to run over here and grab multiple keys, grab VIN numbers off of the keys, go... Go talk to the wash. Yeah, there's guy. a I mean, whole they, process. It's a when whole it comes process to, to make that efficient. Because before you even start your first, oh, dent. yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the cars are lined up. They possibly mark the cars. I mean, sometimes you just may say, "Look, uh, a flat fee for all the cars," and you just get in there and work. The keys are already on the car, and you're just done. Kind of like how CarMax is. They just give yeah. you one little master key, and then all the keys are there. Boom, boom. When I used to do CarMax, it was literally like the guy was like, "All right, these cars, they were all lined up. I didn't have to go chase them around the the, the dealership." And he just unlocked all the locks. That's and nice. I literally was just like 18 cars in like five hours. <laughs> when you start doing a math of $100 flat fee of car, and then yeah. five hours, 18 cars, one tech, yeah. consistently, and like you hit five <laughs> car maxes a week, yeah. eh, you're going to start being more lucrative than the retail type. Uh, you know. And then, then the cost of capturing that retail customer. Yeah. 
And so any any of them you need to be smart with. I think both of them have They both their have their own yeah, yeah they they yeah, they perfect. both have their their places, but they both need their own strategies as well. I think on how you to attack and gain the most out of them uh when it comes to volume. Um you know, hitting a dealership weekly uh can be really really great steady income. Of course. Uh you know, just a steady flow of income weekly coming in, you stop in. And once you like once you've built the proper relationship, like I said, uh, you can just go in, grab the keys. You know, I got X amount of cars to do today. All right, cool. I'll see you guys next week. Thank you. You know, yeah. um, whereas the retail can be a little up and down. It could be, you know, uh, depending on weather, you know, it, oh, com yeah. coming from Chicago. And I know you kind of get similar yeah. weather as well. The winter isn't as, you know, and bumping as, is, as the yeah, summer is, right, you know, right, people right. aren't washing their cars and everything else. All their expendable cash but is wholesale, going. you're going to have to be doing this work nine times 10 outside too. Which so. is fine though, because you still have the work, right? I Whereas compared right. to retail, right. yeah. maybe they're not calling because the, the expendable cash that a, a customer would have is there, being spent yeah. on tires and a battery yeah. or something mm -hmm. else that may be going wrong. Well, they're just during, not at work because there's no... <laughs> yeah, so yeah, there's, you know, they both have their own strategies. They both have their pros yeah. and cons, I think. Um, and like you said, there are really good techs out there that just stick strictly deal with volume. Uh, you know, in dealerships and just big volume accounts. Then there's yep. other like myself where I prefer the intimacy between myself and the yeah, company and, and, a, and love, a customer. Yeah. I love that whole interaction and I love, I love the sale itself. I love doing the repair. I love the customer being happy uh, after I'm done and I, you know, I presented yeah. it to them and uh, you know, now they're paying for the service and I feel good about it. They do as well. I love that whole interaction. That's why I, I really enjoy retail. Yeah. 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 So I think there's no no right or wrong way. Yeah, I don't um, think so either. In Dentless Touch, I'll tell you a little bit about us. We have a mixture of both. We split it down 30, 30, well, 33, 33, 33. So 33% of our stuff is retail. 33% of our stuff is body shop-ish type stuff. And 33% of it is uh, wholesale. So nice. we love that. I particularly handle most of the, well, not most of the retail, but I, I gravitate to the retail for that same reason, yeah. uh, Dave. And uh, some of the newer techs will obviously be a part of the uh, wholesale side just to get comfortable, familiar with uh, different types of cars. It's a great <laughs> training platform for yeah, sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, I know there's large companies that literally know that and they will grab accounts just for the training aspect of it uh, and not even care about the price. Just yeah. whatever break even for them. Um, they're in it for the training. That guy that's going to. How is it going to propel that guy for the next two to three years? So if you're a new guy, definitely wholesale. You're just getting on just so many different cars. You'll just be used to so many different metals. I agree. And you'll have work. So if you're kind of one of those guys that are just like, nah, I want retail, but I'm a new guy. At the end of the day, it's time on metal that's going to make you better. Yeah. So you need to spend that time pushing it down. I need to spend that time pushing it. My biggest fear is I, I get in a space where my job is not pushing every day. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's not a fear for some people, but <laughs> I kind of like pushing. So. I, I know I enjoy and I know, <laughs> I know techs that stopped pushing for five or six months and kind of lost it a little yeah, bit well, a year. And I'm like, it's going to be, yeah. And we're going to, you know, <laughs> we're going to, it's going to be a little interesting. It's been about, I think for me, it's been about two months since I've actually pushed a dent uh, just with moving out here to the, uh, the DC area. Uh, just trying to work with Chris closely and stuff like that. Uh, transitioning from Chicago to the East Coast here. Uh, it's going to be fun to really see how the scale. I know my scale has dropped off 100%. And so it's going to be fun. We're going to record the whole thing. Uh, me sitting down with one tool and a hood yeah, and seeing what had just popped that and seeing what happens after two months of just not pushing. And, and I know the stuff that I'm capable of doing. And I know just getting a dime sized dent in a hood with the tool in my hand, I'm like, oh man, like, I, you yeah, know, like, it's going to be a, a, a retraining myself, at least for probably a couple of days, maybe a week or two, uh, to really get back into the swing of things. So it's going to be fun. Sure. Um, but yeah, let's get to the next question real quick before we, you know, we have to go or anything like that. But Jaime said, what's uh, the process of getting uh, in insurance work? Um, so for myself, I said, just get to lo uh, know your local insurance agents. I said, you can stop into their offices and drop off cards and let them know that you do service this area and that if they do need anything that is PDR related, that to just give you a call, not even if they have customers or anything like that, but if maybe if you have any questions, can this be PDR, anything like that, just really get on a personal level with an agent. Uh, and then maybe, you know, that can possibly yield you, you know, more in, later down the road, maybe hail hits and all of a sudden that agent didn't know a PDR tech and all of a sudden they do. Well, hey, can, you know, 
where are you guys at? We want you to fix our cars or where can we send our customers? Something, you know, uh, may actually come up by you just stopping into, you know, State Farm, so-and-so, you know, ran by so-and-so down the road. Um, that's the process of, you that know. really works good with like hail. Uh, I've, yeah. I've done that. Um, we still do it to this day. Um, if you're just trying to go to like just um, fine work uh, outside of the hail side of things, mm-hmm. Definitely stop by body shops. And when you stop by body shops, there's almost always a an insurance adjuster there. Yeah. And so because you're there and they're there, yeah. they just kind of subconsciously put two and two together. Yeah. Like they must work for this company. Yep. So. And stop over. Say hi. Yeah, hey, what's I your name? I'm, you know, hey. Here's my car. And like you just said. And you can't miss, like some of them you can't miss. You, the Geico's got the green car, the progressive exactly. got progressive yeah, on the side. The Allstate's got the, all state's all, got the blue. Mean, they all ride around with, with cars. La- yeah, with I labeled mean, up cars. So just stop in. A lot of times, or a lot of them are always sitting in the car just writing and, up the estimate. Even if they don't call you, sometimes just constantly doing that, and all of a sudden you get that car and it actually go across their desk, they're familiar yeah. with that company. Like some people always look at like passing out my car for the money, but maybe it's just like branding. Like yep. you're literally just, here's my car. You see my car. You know, well, you know what? That guy's probably there the same day. And if you're really trying to go, you know, the same day, same week or yeah. around the same time, you're really trying to get in or you always ask him, hey, what is your service area? And kind of get an idea of his service area. Make sure his name, hey, you Johnny. And then when you see him again, hey, what's up, man? And like you just keep beating it into him. Yeah. Always give an analogy of like, you know, Coca-Cola is literally... <clears throat> Everywhere, you know, it's Coca-Cola, Pepsi. No matter what you go to 7-Eleven and drink, it's a Coca-Cola or Pepsi product. <laughs> but why do they need Super Bowl commercials? You're going to buy them regardless. It's branding. It's straight up branding. Yeah. So you don't forget that name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, neither. I, they have <laughs> you. You're done. It's either Pepsi or Coca-Cola. Either, either one you're buying. So. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, Stop so. stopping in and... <laughs> And just seeing these agents and yeah. just being in the back of their mind if something does happen, exactly. either, whether it be just a regular customer of theirs that's making a claim or a huge like hailstorm is hit. Car. I mean, yeah. he's just got so many different. Or a storm has hit an area and they're like, hey, you know what? My guy so-and-so actually will do a better job. You know, whatever the case may be. And, 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 and you may, if a guy's talkative, you get that guy that's maybe talkative, ask him like, hey, how do you feel about PDR? What does the company in whole, like, you know, your peers feel about PDR? And how can we make this better, better experience for you? How can my company make a better experience for you? Well, what he will tell you is some of the, some of the things that obviously that he feels as though is negative about PDR. Yeah. Some of the things that he would like PDR or a PDR company to help him out. And to give you an example is like, I just wish the estimate to be, you know, hundred percent correct. Instead of coming in and doing these little, you know, uh, what is it? The, uh, like the, the estimate, um, estimate again, and the reinspection and have to come back and all that stuff supplements after this sometimes you be like oh so supplements every company is different right so some company it's all about the supplements like they don't want that many supplements yeah. they waste their time maybe it negatively marks them and so you hone into it and be like how can i not do supplements and so you can say stuff like you know hey if i come and look at it then i'll just that will be the price regardless of what yeah. happens I mean, a lot of guys you trying to walk in supplements from me. I yeah, just trust you. Know, me. They're or, like, oh, okay. Or, or it could be, it could be like timing. Like every time I call a PR guy, it's three days. The car is sitting. No. And it's like, okay, well, call me. I guarantee you, if you call me though, I'll be there the next day. But you gotta let me know. You gotta give me a heads up. Yeah. And then again, you know, maybe the first one to waste your time. Hey, that wasn't one of my prayers. Like, hey, all right, next time, you know, for me to get there quick, just send me this the the, the estimate, yeah. which obviously is gonna have the pictures and stuff like that. And you kind of just want to hone into the solve that problem that yeah. they're having because it's going to be unique to a wholesaler it's going to be unique to a retail uh we were just talking about it in, yeah. in, the, in the kitchen but uh but yeah hone into that that's what's going to resonate with them if you're not solving their problems they're not going to really care for you uh and straight line asked real quick too um does insurance want veil certification to do work for them veil serv- mm-hmm. what is veil certification? uh veil it's going to be the um, nah, well, I, I don't have it, so <laughs> yeah, it's not insurance. a requirement. <laughs> and I'm trying to think of the acronym off the top of my head right here, but um, yeah, it's not it. it's not a requirement by insurance companies. But yeah. is it a plus and something to have? Yeah, plus, I mean, yeah. it definitely would be um, something to look into. But they do have PDR um, certifications, okay. and they offer them, uh, and they're endorsed by the National Association of PDR, so NAPDR. Okay. Um, okay. And yeah, I mean, right now there is really no nationally like standard, yeah. standard certification for PDR. 
the more the merrier. There's Arc. There's uh, like you said, Desmond Val. Um, um, even Stanliner has like a gold training. Uh, yeah. What's the name? So, I mean, you know, go with one that you. I mean, the more the merrier. This shows. I think what it's going to show if if you do have all of these, it's going to show that you're in it. You're in this industry. Is you're not just some fly by night guy. You're not there just for the money. You yeah. enjoy the craft. You want to better the craft. You're constantly learning. So. Um, Jakey asks, he's like, I'm working PDR. If he's working PDR part-time, uh, what is the minimum business tools that you would recommend such as liability insurance, bookkeeping, etc.? Uh, so if you're doing PDR part-time, yeah. uh, what, what do you think the minimum should be for? Uh, well, you definitely gotta get insurance. I don't want to scare you. I mean, I've ran my company for two to three years without any just regular insurance. But I mean, there's so many different things, lithium batteries. I mean, there's so many different scares and, Insurance is going to be the cheapest thing that you're going to really buy when you need so it. So you ran it so without like, insurance for two Yeah, yeah, I ran it. Yeah, I mean, it was without? like, you know, same thing what we were doing. Yeah, lettered up car, we just ran yeah. it insurance. And then you realize how yeah, important like, it, like. He's like, do you know if your battery with the lithium ion battery just catches on fire and then toasts this side <laughs> of the thing, it's like probably like 25 grand. I'm like, I do not have 25 <laughs> grand, but I do have $120 a month to give you for right. sure, you know? Yeah, I think and it's super important. you're just dealing important. with other people's stuff at that point. You're going in. You're taking down different things. And nowadays, you're doing stuff like possibly taking off a bumper to take a taillight off. You got the uh, the parking assist. Uh, Subaru ridiculously put the little, uh, the little uh, what is it, collision avoidance thing all up in the headliner that as soon as you even just put your finger in just to feel it, it's <laughs> yeah. done. It's, you got to buy a whole new one. And so you're messing with all this stuff. You don't hook it up correctly and the guy plows in the back of somebody, yo. Your insurance company is not covering that. They're going to literally go, oh, okay, we're not covering the claim. Yeah. And they're going to drop you. So you need to find personal and you need to pay yeah. for that I, person's I think, medical bills. So, yeah, I mean, no. as a part-time <laughs> PDR tech, there are certain things that, that are at least a minimum. Insurance being one of them. Yeah. Uh, there are simple bookkeeping options. Mobile Tech <laughs> RX is, well, there is QuickBooks and I think Mobile Tech RX as well. You it's can use start. for simple bookkeeping. Start, yeah. yeah, I mean. It, it, does have, it doesn't have loss. Like, so it doesn't show... Uh, um, no, but it it will allow for you to do simple expenses, but it yeah. will do your it will do your uh, like invoices and yeah, you know, simple simple yeah, bookkeeping simple for you. And they're getting better at that. So if you want deeper analytics, I think we they were saying that they're actually going to have just a third party company dig dive deeper. You just got to pay a little bit more. They just no. literally not going to even make any money off of it. They said, but yeah. So Mobile Tech RX, QuickBooks. They got a QuickBooks uh, small business or QuickBooks self employed. I think. That's a really, really good one. I really like QuickBooks. Um, it's just everything can be done on a phone. You can snapshot uh, receipts and all it that. Syncs stuff. with Mobile Tech RX, it's, so there is a simple everything, man. Um, Square. If you do it in that, they have their own platform. They step credit cards, which instantly goes in there and and, and assigns that payment to that uh, invoice. Uh, it it is it is a legitimate app. I do love them that app. And what else would you need? Um, I'd say Mobile Tech RX. Um, Maybe some simple QuickBooks mm -hmm. uh, and some, at least some sort of insurance that'll yeah, cover, I, I mean, at least cover yourself and cover, you know, whatever you are working on. Like you said, you are dealing with other people's things. So anything can happen. There are possibilities at any point while you're working on a car uh, for if something to happen. Trip over your tools. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot just... of things that can happen. You bump another car, maybe moving it out of a spot yeah. or something like that. So... Uh, you know, to me, those would be kind of like the, just the three, just minimum things off the top of my head, mobile tech RX, uh, maybe alongside with QuickBooks, uh, some sort of insurance and then, um, maybe just, well, I guess a bookkeeping software yeah, as well. So, um, yeah, that's what, I mean, that's what a lot of guys are here just talking about in the chat. So <laughs> <laughs> well, I got the chat going. Anything yeah. else? No. Yeah. That's what they're, I mean, that's really, yeah. That's it. Yeah. All right. So the last one that I see a lot, guys, and, and I actually just try to call the guys and let them know, but it's misusing of ads. So when guys are paying for advertising, literally, I think they select the entire United States. And if you're a local paintless dent repair company, there is no need to uh, advertise in Maine. And I don't think you're... 200 300 or even thousands of dollars will even go that far when yeah. you're doing the entire united states so i see it all the time i randomly just google like you know dent repair or, or, or uh paintless dent repair and i see uh, 
a Florida PDR company advertising in, in, in Maryland and Washington, D.C. So I, I just kindly call them and be like, hey, I'm not trying to say anything. I just want you to understand that your ads yeah. are running it's def- in a place that you're not going to get any It's business definitely from. one of the mistakes I made, too. I think uh, kind of talk about just being naive in the beginning of business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had actually had someone set up all my SEO, and which was probably a huge help. Um, Nathan Pizzo with design, I think it's design by energy or design with energy. Um, he kind of set everything up for me. He has a PDR tech himself. Every, I mean, it, it worked, you know, and there were things that I was doing before I was relying on him. And I know that I was, uh, making the mistake as a PDR tech in business, uh, misusing my ads and not using them efficiently. I was kind of just throwing money in certain places and it wasn't yielding me what I I think it actually should have. Uh, and then when I started to use the proper channels and the proper people, uh, to set ads up for me, whether it be Google AdWords, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, uh, any sort of YouTube pre-roll ads, stuff like that. Um, I was misusing them, and when they were properly put into place, yeah. things went a lot smoother. Customer was, customers were calling a lot more. Uh, the right type of customer was calling the company, yeah. uh, looking for actual painless debt repair, not like a T-bone collision smash, which you know some of those of trickled course. in of still, course. but yeah, yeah. the majority were actual proper uh, you know clients that were actually to be able to sold PDR. It, I would I would say you know if you guys want to do. Uh, an extra task for the job. I mean, you can always buy someone, you know, not buy somebody, you can always pay for someone to do uh, bookkeeping and, and the softwares make it easy. But if you really dive deep in the marketing of ads, I think that could be the most lucrative thing you can do for your business. There are so many tricks. I mean, there's some click funnels you can actually work on. And I mean, if you really hone into that, I mean, yeah. it may even take you outside of PDR. PDR may <laughs> started this whole trend and now. Because I mean, when I go to a market company, I've tried five or six of them, and they just don't know what we do. It's very, just yeah. Target it is, the it wrong can be people, difficult. And I tell them, and I tell them, and I'm like, you know what? I, I do it myself. So I've always toyed around. I can definitely set up an entire ad campaign. I can definitely understand. I'm, I'm deadly and, with and, it, but I'm and, not. And I'm guys, not. not, this isn't for, like, diving deep in your analytics of ads is not for everyone. Yeah, I know for sure, for sure. it can be very confusing, and sometimes it is probably just better off to find someone else who really knows what they're doing, uh, only because you can really misuse them and not use them efficiently, mm-hmm. like, yeah. and, and waste money pretty quickly. Uh, so... For me, that's what I would really, really focus on, just the, the proper use of ads. Yep. All right. Well, I, I like is telling us we got to go. <laughs> All funny. right, guys. I want to thank you guys for joining us on the PDR Workshop live show, uh, episode 64. <laughs> um, thanks again, guys. I want to thank our sponsors. Uh, go ahead, Dave. Yeah. Dentcraft Tools, Mobile Tech RX, and also Blem to, uh, PDR Company, uh, Blem Tools as well. Uh, also, you can find us on PDR uh, PDR Workshop. You can find us on Apple or uh, Apple iTunes, Google. Yeah, and we're going to be on Spotify Stitch, really, really soon. Stitcher. So, we're going to be yeah. on Spotify. So uh, we got a little rave going right now. It's crazy. Yeah, it's about to, about to cut out. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> so thank you guys for watching, and uh, I'll see you guys next week. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. See you. Peace.